What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. We're doing something a little bit different this week. This week is an interview where I was actually the guest on a show that's hosted by a buddy of mine from college. It is called The Trend with Justin A. Williams. It's a really cool story. They, they, they have a family-owned media brand. Highly recommend you check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. And Justin's a really interesting guy. And we just had a great conversation, and it was a little bit different. It was fun to be on the guest side of things. But I felt like we just hit a bunch of topics that are really relevant to the themes that we like to cover in this show. So everything about mindset, athletic training, how do your goals change as you age? There was just It was just a really great and I felt like in-depth conversation. So I thought this would be a great place for it. And if you've listened to the show for this long and you don't mind the sound of my voice, you, you won't uh, be too bothered by hearing me talk the majority of the time here. So I really enjoyed it. I always love when I get a chance to be on the other side. So I hope you enjoy this one too. With that said, please do leave us a rating and review if you're enjoying the show wherever you listen. And if you'd like to support, head on over to Patreon. We'll have a link in the show notes where you can contribute to the continued growth of the show. All right, folks. I mean, there's really not much more to say, so let's get right to it. Again, this is on Justin Williams' podcast. Check it out. Link in the show notes. But hey, let's welcome Justin to the show. Here we go. We Good day. Welcome to your favorite place. This is the Trendy Place. This is the Trend Podcast with Justin A. Williams. And I'm here to bring you awesome content from all across the spectrum. And today is no different. We are really excited to have the host of the Professional Athlete Podcast, taking over the world, as you may have heard. If you haven't, well, then that's your fault, not his. Uh, but one of uh, a great friend of the podcast, great friend of me, and um, a fellow alum of Princeton University. There we this go. is Ken Gunter. How's it going, Ken? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you doing? Dude, man, I'm good. I can't pull off a flannel shirt like you can. Yet. <sighs> You but. know, I've I've got like the uh, the very Pacific Northwest. I have like no suntan whatsoever, right. but I'm rocking the flannel. I don't know, sense of comfort. You know, <laughs> I remember when the grunge period happened because I was listening to adult music when I was a really little kid. Yeah, because I convinced my mom I went to a music store, PC Richards, and oh, uh, they had the Let's Cranberries' see. first album was out. This is like 1989. And I saw this, and I knew who the Cranberries were. I had seen commercials, but my mom didn't know. She thought they were like a kid's group because they called right, out yeah. their fruit. So <laughs> I had never really listened to their music, but I got them on. And then the first single is like, I just shot John Lennon, their single there, one of their first <laughs> singles. And then Zombie comes on, and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And I got really into the 90s grunge period when I was like in like kindergarten, first grade. Oh, way, way, way too young. Well, so, you know, I don't know if you know this, but maybe we talked about this. I, I grew up north of Seattle, so like in the Pacific Northwest. And so, yeah. you know, I, to your point, like I was a young kid in the 90s and you had like Nirvana, Soundgarden, you had like Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, like all these amazing grunge bands coming out of the Seattle area. Yeah. So it was always kind of weird for me. Like there was such a huge point of pride in the Pacific Northwest, like having them be from like your hometown. I didn't really know if like the rest of the country in the world was as captivated by it as we were, you right. know, and like right. now, I mean, now, like, you know, eventually I got out of Arlington, Washington uh, and found out they were popular everywhere. But uh, right. yeah, dude, I mean, my whole childhood, I mean, that is like defining music in my life. Yeah. Um, so I completely relate. Yeah, and it relates to our topic today. Somehow I'm going to make it relate. I'll show there you how go. I pull out magic. Um, but we're going to talk a couple of things. We're going to talk about his podcast, but we're also going to talk about how to maintain being an athlete You know, the, uh, after the career is over. So whether that career ends and you, uh, you're in your 30s, you made it to the pros, or really like for most people or most athletes, you're, you did it in college and now you've graduated and you, you need – direction, right? Like what yeah. do you do with that athleticism when it's no longer about uh, staying on top of your game, being a champion? You know, there's no more competitions really. Uh, you have a, you might have a job, uh, other responsibilities, kids. 
how do you do that? So before we get to that, let me make this connection. So when I was a kid and I was thinking about sports, right, I was very much concerned with what I'd be good at, right? Mm. And what would be more than what was fun. I, I was the opposite of most kids. Most kids are like, interesting. I'll just do what's fun. I'll do whatever. I don't care. But I was like forward thinking enough where I was like, no, I see the older kids in eighth grade, seventh grade. You know, they're they're successful with the ladies. Right. They're getting all the accolades. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, what's the difference between them and me? And I'm like, you know what? They're good at what they're doing. Yeah, and there you go. I wanted to be that way too. You know, I was a fast kid, but I I, I, I couldn't hit a baseball. Right. Across, I was too tentative when I was young. Uh, but music really helped. You know, I'd throw on some Alice in Chains or some Blind Melon, oh, and, and I would just chill out and just run and just outrun people. So this is well, back when you had to run with an eight with uh, with the actual CD player. Oh, dude, I remember. What did you have to put on? Like, uh, an, an, oh, God, what was that called? Like anti shake mode or anti vibrate <laughs> yes. mode? Or, do you know what I yeah, mean? It's like you get like mode. you'd get yeah. like fifteen clear seconds, no matter what you were doing with it. Right. Right. My kids are like, what the hell are you talking about? I have no <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, you used to have to go to great lengths to train with music. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk about all of that. And also funny that you were perceptive enough at a young age to try and like find your lane. Uh, right. Because I don't think a lot of people do that. That's true. You know, I think it's, it's probably not uncommon for people to uh, lean into like what they're good at. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make a conscious decision, I think that probably shows that uh, you were you were met for uh, some big strategic things <laughs> in your life. Yeah, you know, I don't know where it came from. I must have come from from somewhere deep inside, genetically or in the past. Absolutely, uh, Absolutely. maybe a past life. Who knows? But I just, you know, it it and it speaks it speaks to the topic today for when I was in college in the opposite way because. So I was on the rowing team freshman year at Princeton, and it was physically the most demanding thing I'd ever done. Yeah, there was really no off season. Uh, you know, they they skirted NCAA rules where it was like they wouldn't call it an official practice, but they'd say we really appreciate it if you came down to the boathouse. Hey, the uh, captain, the it. captain's going to lead a you know players only yeah. practice on right, yeah, right. So <laughs> you know, it's like. You wake up. You used to in the in, in the season. It's easier because you wake up maybe twice a day for like three weeks, mm-hmm. and then you have pretty much one practice a day, and then you have your races. But in the winter, it picked up to these erg challenges that we would do to really boost our cardio and uh, destroy our minds because we would have to do our race paces within succession. So, do your race pace get your PR, yep. then do five seconds slower and then maybe 10 seconds slower. Oh. And, and and I'm coming from high school where like <laughs> we had never done anything like that. Right, right, right. And I was just, I, I was falling off the erg. I was doing it and I was like, my God, like that one just killed me. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, you got two more. And it got to the point where I was like, is this, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Yeah. So once you get to like senior year, and maybe like a couple months after senior year and you're a retired athlete now, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, what's the reason to really push myself that hard again? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think about this probably more than I would like to admit, but you know, like to reflect back. So uh, for those who don't know, I played football at Princeton. Uh, and for those who are wondering, yes, we did have a team. And it's actually some pretty damn we good. We had a bonfire when you were there, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, man. Dude, we beat Harvard and Yale. Sure did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's look, it's, it's, you know, D1 AA or FCS, whatever you want to call it. So to your point, um, in season is tough. What most people don't realize, and this is really almost at any level uh, when you start talking about college, the off season might be tougher um, because there's not that, there's no reward at the end of the week. Right, you're not getting to run out on on the field in front of the fans and like show all the hard work that you've put in. It's like you're just down in the gym at like 5:30, 6 a.m. in the middle of winter, and they are just running you literally until you puke. Right. Um, so it's like the the commitment that it takes to be willing to put yourself through that, let alone do it for four years when there's lots of other distractions. You could, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? You could right. you could be doing. Um, yeah, it's tough. And so you know, I remember. I mean, I remember having a, a, a very intentional conversation about this with my roommates at the time um, when we were done playing football. 
And I, I just had kind of like thrown myself into like, you know, get, getting to do all the things in college that you normally weren't able to do in season or during winter training. I was going out every night and having fun and like whatever, doing stuff midday, playing Frisbee in the wall, whatever. Um, and I just remember reflecting back. It was like, man, I have this excess pent up like energy and kind of aggression that like I don't really have an outlet for anymore. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. forget aggression, like just like competitive fire. It's like oh, I could go play like intramural soccer, you know, for the rest of the spring. But mm. like, what do I do after that? Like, I've spent yeah. my whole life training, uh, you know, and to be very good at this one specific thing. And all of a sudden, you know, not to be too dramatic, but it's taken away from you. Um, you know, and and so I just remember being like, man, I'm a little lost because it is. It's like. You know, for some people, I mean, it, it, you know, depends on how intense your parents were, I guess. But from a young age, like this might have been what you were really focused on, right. you know, for the majority of your life. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough change, tough transition for sure. Were you always so before college? Were you were you what was what was sports like when you were growing up? Uh, were they were they pretty central to you? Did you were you one of those guys who was just kind of really talented, didn't really have to apply themselves, but you know you could just perform? Or were you like a, a effort kind of person? Like what what mm -hmm. what was it like before college? Yeah, so I you know I think a lot about this now because I have young kids, mm -hmm. um, and I remember seeing what I thought was done well as a parent. And I remember seeing what I thought was like, not the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very sensitive to the fact that like, Hey, look, I had the opportunity. I played high school sports. I played college sports. I loved it. I had a great experience, you know, for the most part. Um, but like my role in my athletic career, like that piece of that is done. Like I want to make sure that as a parent, I'm supportive and encouraging, uh, and I'm making it a positive experience for them, but also create an environment where they can be successful if that's something that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people about that. Um, I've talked to people who are coaches at a very high level, athletes at a very high level, a lot of this through the show. Um, you know, and I've kind of said like, hey, look, you know, for the parents out there, like what is the right way to think about this? Um, and like most things, like you and I were talking beforehand, like it's highly individualized, right? Um, yeah. I would say to, to get back to your original question, I was the kind of kid I loved sports so much. All I wanted to do. So there, yeah. there was there was actually no such thing as too much for me most okay. of the time. Okay. Um, you know, like if I was at practice, I couldn't wait to get home and like show my dad what I learned and like play basketball with him all night if he would let me. Right. Like right. there there wasn't uh no one was gonna push me to the point where I felt like it wasn't fun. Um Whereas, you know, some kids, that threshold for what is too much is way lower. Like it yes. is, you know, it's fun to do, but it's not a passion, which is totally right. fine. Um, but I think the parent needs to be like sensitive to what type of kid they have. So for yeah. me, to answer your question, um, I think it was a couple things. I think sports came really naturally to me. So that obviously made it more fun to your point. Like, you know, people like doing what they're good at and People, you know, appreciate people who are good at things, yeah. sports right. in small towns. Right. Um, but I also just, I loved it so much um, that I loved the work ethic piece of it. You know, I wasn't the kind of kid who was just super talented, but like lazy and just kind of skated by. Sure. I probably, I probably was somewhere in the middle talented, but just like, you know, hard work was just instilled in me and I actually just happened to enjoy it. Um, so for that reason, you know what I mean? I just like kind of continued to be successful. Yeah. You know, there's those things that happen once in your life when you're at that level, you know, if you're like in the who's who of high school sports <laughs> that, um, did you ever hear about that? Did you ever hear who's who? No, but I who's mean, who is this, um, organization that like, you know, if you made all County or something like that, you'd go in their book. Oh, like the nation's God, best maybe, athletes. Maybe I do remember that. You're probably in there. You don't know. Yeah. Well, for the listeners <laughs> who aren't going to do any fact checking, I'm in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they could probably find the database and be like, oh, man. Yeah. He's in there. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I don't even want to know what that looks I think, like. I think that's really interesting. That's and, 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 and wise the way you're saying it. It's like that is a piece to it, right? That once you, it's, it's like our parents, if, 
they were ex-athletes. The temptation is once you have kids is to kind of put that on them or kind of relive your glory through them. And really some of the best athletes come out of situations where no one was athletic. Oh yeah. Right. Like a lot of guys that grew up and played with guys. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I played with people, I rode with people and played rugby with people who their families had no athleticism, you know, and they found the spark to get into sports and found sports enlivening and, and important. You know, and I think it's, you know, when, when we met at Princeton, actually, I don't know if you remember this, but I met you because I was in Little Hall and I was doing my laundry and you were doing it at the same time. Oh, my mom was would be like, happy who? to hear the story. I was like, who is this tall ass motherfucker in here? <laughs> I was like, I had never seen you before. Yeah. But I think I had heard your name. Oh, okay. Uh, so oh I, I either I was at a game and they said your name on the thing or like I'd see, like I heard your name with like football players. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I just the, the aura, I mean the aura this guy gave, gave off, the presence <laughs> when he was folding his laundry oh, was God. impressive. And Thanks, you're standing man. next to this person, you're just like, "Wow, man. Damn it, I got to get back into sports." <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I think I think and we can we can also talk a little bit about your podcast too in this regard. Sure. It, it's that you you know, when I saw you and, and we talked and you were just a nice guy, I was like, you know, I missed that feeling. I wasn't on a team at the time. It was, yeah. I think it was sophomore year. I wasn't on a team at the time and I was looking to get back into some kind of team thing. Yeah. So I was like, I missed that feeling. I missed just being around good, solid individuals who have the same goal as me. Oh, and I yeah. think, you know, your, your podcast for me and and my audience knows about my weight loss journey, you know, awesome. it was similar to that. You know, it was hearing these athletes and these experts come on talking about so many intricate, different ways of looking at mm. being an athlete that that, again, inspired me to be an athlete again, you know. But I, but I think for most people, we want to kind of – how do we lead other people to that kind of epiphany, you know? Yeah. Oh, man, well, you said a bunch of things in there, uh, and you're definitely you're, you're definitely building me up. Uh, Justin was also <laughs> the man in college, so we had some good times together. Don't don't let him start talking about auras and things like that. I'm just being modest. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, so you know, it, it's kind of a good segue to your initial question. Like, I think ultimately, you know, if I had to boil it down, like, why do I really love like let's let's say sports? Hmm. Um, I think what I'm really addicted to is like the progress. Um, like I love trying to get better at something. Um, you know, like the thought that someone would say like, Ooh, like that, that's really tough. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I heard this, I can't even tell you how many times I heard this as a kid. Um, you know, like, Hey, like college football, like, look, you might be good in high school, but like, you know, how hard it is. Do you know how many kids from this town have ever gone? Do you know how many kids from this area ever go do X, Y, Z? Right. 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 Um, you know, but like to me, what's always been intriguing is um, that progress and like the skill acquisition and trying to get better. Like, I think that's what keeps me interested. Yeah. Right. So, you know, team sports give you that in spades. I mean, mm-hmm. like golf as a solo sport, as an example, is perfect because I mean, I'm terrible at that. And you could play that for your entire life and never probably yeah. master it. Right. There's right. always something that like you can get better at. Um, and you know, success in that game is not going to come quickly. Team sports, there's skill acquisition, right? But then there's also like this whole other element of like, you need to understand how to like interact with all these other guys or or girls on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's not just like, how do you work together in unison? Mm -hmm. Now you're starting to talk about like, how do we manage emotions? How do we manage relationships? Like, There's so many elements to it that like when you get involved in something like that, it's never dull. Right. Um, you know, so, and I think, yes, I played sports cause I loved it. It was fun. Um, but when that was taken away from me, like when, when we start thinking about like, Hey, for people who maybe either they're, they're, they were an athlete and they've kind of mm-hmm. like hit a lull and they're not necessarily passionate about getting themselves motivated to go do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is like, start with where your interest is. Hmm. Um, what I think a lot of people do, and I completely understand it is, you know, for whatever reason, uh, like you and I were talking before, it's like something happens where you're like, you know what? I I, I want to get back in shape or I want to get in better shape or I want to do, I want to get healthier. You know, a lot of times it's like, all right, got to start jogging. 
<laughs> right, right, right. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me get on the treadmill, I guess. And but some people was like, well, I got to bend over and tie my shoes. So yeah. That's, oh, that's yeah. The first part. <laughs> that's true. Um, but, you know, it's like, and so you're already, if you're not someone who knows that you enjoy that or interested right. in seeing right. if you might enjoy that, like you're probably setting yourself up for failure. Another mm. great example is people like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to look a certain way. It's like, well, let me go to the gym. It's like, well, I don't necessarily like working out in this way, but that's what I got to do. So let me do it. Um, there's some people who can power through that if their kind of like driving factor is strong enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but most people like you've got other shit going on. Right. You've got work. You've got kids. You've got family stress. You've got whatever it is, right? So it's like it's probably already hard enough for you to think like, okay, where am I going to sneak a new hour in my day? Um, I already feel very busy. Right. Um, it's a lot harder to do that if you're going to try and fill that with something that you're not excited to go do. If mm. if you're doing it just because like, ugh, I need to I need to get in better shape. Yeah. Like that motivation is probably going to run out quicker than Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know what? Like I've always been interested in martial arts. I've never done it. Um, I love watching like the UFC. Yeah. Let let me, let me go sign up for like Brazilian jujitsu. Like, let me just Mm -hmm. go to a first class, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you go and you have a good experience and it kind of gets like your interest peaked, like you're way more likely to go back. Yes. And then like that self-fulfilling prophecy of like, the more you do it, the more you get better, right. you probably now are like starting to see some of those like health benefits. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a little stronger, a little more flexible. Your cardio is naturally getting better. Um, you know, so something like that then becomes much easier to kind of throw your weight behind. Right. Um, right. Literally. You know? Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, you know, it's like, dude, I, I look, I don't get on the treadmill very often and I tried, right. um, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, you described me as pretty tall. I don't know how tall I am, but, um, you know, I'm like six, three, maybe, maybe you just seemed taller than me at the time. Cause I actually grew in college. Did you? Oh, good. Yeah. I, I, went, from, I, went, too, from, actually. I went from six foot to six, two. Oh, that's, that's serious though. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I got maybe like one more inch, but two inches. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. So at the time I was quite short of you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, wow, no. maybe you were. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I was like six three at my heaviest. I was like two thirty my senior year. Okay. Um, and on like, purpose, did you want to be that weight, or was that? Yeah, that was like okay. yeah, bulking up. Um, like a real like concerted effort to like put on that amount of like weight, put on muscle mass. Some mass yeah. yeah. Um. So, but I was like, God, I guess you know, I'm done with football. I guess I pick up jogging on days where like I'm not playing <laughs> right. basketball or whatever. Right. And like right. I, I get like that was my thought. I was like, right. I guess I get on the treadmill to stay in shape now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like it. Right. I, in fact, I hated it and my right. body hurt, um, you know, cause I had all these other just lingering injuries and my, I was probably like, you know, I wasn't well proportioned for distance running, shall we mm-hmm. say? Yeah. Um, so I hated it and I didn't do it. I eventually just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, even in my own life, it's like, I fall into that same trap of like, well, I guess that's what you're supposed to do. Let me do that. And then you're like, well, this isn't really fulfilling in any way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, it can't be. I mean, it's it's like, I from what you're saying, it, it, it's true for so many people that the men, the mentality of a, of a, of someone who is a high level athlete competing is to live off that adrenaline rush, mm, the, absolutely, and the endorphins after being pushed beyond your limit, right? So that after practice feeling. And then that kind of pre-game feeling when you're about to go and you're like, you're finished. Like, this is my time now. Yeah. And that glory, I think that sense of glory that warriors Mm. talk about, that even the poets mention, right? It evades certain people, but it didn't evade you in your life, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden, cash that check and it's like, treadmill is not doing that. I'm not watching CNN or Fox News and getting the same kind of yeah. you know, rush that You're I was. Absolutely right. And it, it can it can it can be sad. It's like you 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 really think about like transience that you oh, know man. those skills are gonna go away. Well you know what a big part of it was uh too is your identity gets so yeah. wrapped up in mm-hmm. being an athlete. Right. Um, you know, look, like it's not lost on me how fortunate 
uh, I was and we were that like we got into Princeton and I'd be lying if I yeah. told you that like without football, I would have gotten in. Right, um, of course. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't mean that like to downplay, you know, I, I worked really hard in school and I got good grades yeah. and all of that, you know, but uh, I was very well aware, like this opportunity, uh, you know, was granted to me because I'd also worked really hard on the field and I right. could bring something to the university, to the football team and contribute. Right. Like this right. kind of like the exchange that happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, your identity gets so wrapped up in being that athlete. And again, like I am from a pretty small town, um, mm-hmm. north of Seattle, like 45 minutes, Arlington, Washington, great place to grow up. But it's like small town America. Like everyone goes, or it felt that way anyways. Everyone mm-hmm. goes to the football games Friday night. Yeah. Um, you got the prom king, uh, you know, right. homecoming queen. You got all that. Like it's just like Americana. Right. It's like high varsity school. blues, varsity blues. Yeah, and it's not quite quite like it's not Texas crazy. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> right, right. Um, but you know, it was just like growing up in that world and like a huge yeah. piece of my identity, uh, you know, in my class and eventually my high school was like I was like one of the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, what position whatever. did you play? So, man, so in football I played safety and I played quarterback and then I played running back in college, um, okay. which most people are like how did the hell did that happen? Um, and then, yeah, I played basketball and, and track and then, okay. um, so yeah, you know, I, I was fortunate, uh, good at all three, but your identity just gets wrapped up in that. And so, and I guess my point was like, even going to Princeton where I think on the outside, someone would say, oh, well, you know, you're obviously more than an athlete. Like you, I'm sure you had so many opportunities, like how many mm-hmm. doors could Princeton open for you? Even for someone who was fortunate enough to be in that position. Like I was like lost. I was like in my head so much of it was like, I'm Ken, the football player, Mm. you know, it's very weird then to go to work and be like, Hey, I'm Ken, the employee, you know, like your, your brain is still like, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete for that reason. I mean, you probably are aware of some of this stuff. There's some really interesting research um, that I remember being exposed to in college about like self bias Okay. Um, and how like being reminded in class that you're an athlete and this could go for like any number of like groups. It could, it could be a minority group. It could be whatever, but being reminded of like that bias, like right before test, um, you would statistically like underperform and really, and at Princeton, like you, maybe you felt some of this too, you know, um, rightly or wrongly, you just kind of feel like people get the sense that maybe you shouldn't be there. Like, yes. oh, this is like the dumb jock from sure. Arlington who wears flannel and likes Nirvana. <laughs> you know, like uh, he would, right. he just, he's just, you know, he's just and probably the meathead. The meathead. The meathead. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that deserved and earned, I'm sure, on my <laughs> end. But also some of that was probably just, you know, like my own, I don't know, insecurity about being there. But I remember yeah. I would go to take tests after I was some, I think it might have been a psych course. Where I was exposed to that, and I was like, mm-hmm. "I am no longer wearing athletic apparel on test day. I am going Whoa. dressed in like pants, pants yeah. a t-shirt, you know, whatever. Like I'm, I'm not walking in there with like Princeton football on my chest. I'm going yeah. as like Ken the student, right? Which sounds a little ridiculous, but I was like, man, you know, that identity piece is is very real. Yeah, no, I can relate to that, but I think, you know, it was interesting for me. It's I always felt like when I was on the team and I could. I just wanted the jersey, you know. I just wanted the pants and the clothes that came with it, because at my at the time, the self esteem I needed was I needed to feel chosen. I needed to feel mm. elected for something, not just that I worked hard and I earned it, but literally picked out of a field of many people to accomplish something for the university. Yeah. And since my dad had gone in the seventies, it was always instilled within me that I was going to be a scholar athlete. My dad never said. You're just going to be an athlete. You're just going to be a scholar. In fact, the 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 arguments we had when I had stopped rowing and I was just getting good grades at Princeton was not enough. Mm. You know, it, it was. It's like was he him, an athlete? Was he an athlete at Princeton? He was. Too? He was. So he played. Oh, amazing. He played football at the university and he played basketball. I didn't but, know that. Or yeah, if I but, oh, that's amazing. But his end was kind of tragic, and that's why he was so hard on me. Is because. For him, Coach Pete Carrell um, had a policy that he only played one black guy at a time. 
in the seventies. <laughs> that was just the way a lot of teams were, and it was Princeton. Yeah, a lot oh, of yeah. Ivy League schools were similar, uh, and they wouldn't play someone. My dad was as white looking as you. He could pass for white. Yeah. So while he's getting all the detriment for being black. He's not getting all the hype for being black either and being someone that the university can say, hey, look, we have a black guy starting in the starting lineup right? Oh, to match man. UPenn or to match uh, what they're doing up in uh, Cornell. Yeah. So it was very tragic for him. And when he stopped playing sports, he describes it as like the death of one of his personalities. Like he had a mode, you know, I, and I'm sure Dude. you know this too. It's like from playing football, definitely. You know, some sports get you in a mode and some don't. But I remember this from being a cardio-based athlete, rowing and cross-country, which were – rowing is a team sport, but it's very individualized too. Yeah, I remember that no mode way. you get into where I'd watch – I'd get up – before every race, I'd get up and watch Chariots of Fire, get my tears in, I get my it. crying in, get my oatmeal yep. and my bagel in, and then just go to just take souls. <laughs> <laughs> and – you can't do that when you're talking to Debbie and Michael in the office, oh, right? And it's like, oh, I can't wait to go to the water cooler. And <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like uh, there's some really interesting books that have been written about like being in a flow state. Okay. Um, and, you know, when I was reading that after college, uh, gosh, what's his name? Stephen Coulter. I'll, I'll, I can look it up later. Um, he's written some incredible books on like flow state and um, how all sorts of different disciplines like tap into it. Navy SEALs, athletes, sure, sure. you know, firefighters, whatever. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that that's something that once you've like tapped into that, mm -hmm. you know, it becomes very addicting and mm -hmm. it's not something that you always get to tap into. Right. Right. Like I have a very definitive memory of... Um, my senior year was like, it was a real bummer. Um, I got hurt. Uh, and so I, you know, the first six, seven games, I was like barely playing because I was just like battling this injury all year. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I kind of got to a point where they were like, look, like there's a few games left. Like we're going to give you a shot. Um, you know, and meanwhile, like I've already been on the team for three years. So like as my season's ending, I am miserable because I just feel mm -hmm. everything I ever wanted slipping away. Yeah. Um, and if there's nothing you can do about it, like there's only so many games that can be played and you can only recover so fast. Right. And I just remember getting into this flow state against Yale where, and this is pretty common, like in football, a lot of guys will say like, oh, I just need to get hit once. Like I just mm. need that first hit to like mm -hmm. shake me out of whatever I'm in to like get me in the zone. Um, but I remember I got in a flow state that was like, the zone like i got into the zone to the point where everything was happening so slow that you were just like this is effortless yeah you know and like really it's like your brain is just operating at another level mm -hmm. um to where everything that normally would be like fast and just like hectic and random it's like just becomes mm -hmm. very clear right and so i think to your point it's like for people who have like gotten to experience that and you get that music like you can get an all sorts yeah, of yeah you can yeah um but like for people who are that that was their way to tap into that yes when that's gone you're kind of like man like where do i find that you right. know you might not think about it that objectively or that clear like oh where am i gonna get my flow state next you know right 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 <laughs> But it's like, well, that's just kind of where you used to get it. And that's why a lot of people say like, man, like I'm at peace when I'm playing basketball. Right. Everything else fades away when I get on the court or what, mm -hmm. you know. And so when you lose that, yeah, it's kind of like your dad was saying, like part of your personality can kind of feel like it's been ripped away. It's weird. Right, right. I can't, yeah, even, yeah. I can't imagine for professional athletes. Right. The, these guys who, in addition to playing as a kid in high school, college, go on and play 10 years. Right. Right. And so right. now not only like, is that like your hobby? Uh, it was also your career, right. your actual career. And then that gets mm -hmm. taken. Like, I mean, no wonder Tom Brady can't retire. He of probably, course. he's addicted. He's addicted. He sat around for two months and he was like, he's like, I've been doing this for 40 years. He's like, ah, yeah. I can't stop yet. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I think, I think like, and maybe you can speak to this too. You know, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of guys who are trainers and mm. what they say is like to keep my fire when I'm working out, I know I'm training for something amateur 
And a lot of guys don't know that there are amateur competitions for almost anything. Yeah. And there are there are clubs and teams where it's not going to be the same as maybe the most glorious of your glory days. Sure. But really, that's not really the reason why you were doing it. The reason you were doing it was a very, if you think about it, a very internal meditation on kind of that same thing that they're talking about in the Iliad with Achilles, right? Achilles would hit this rage point and he was just fluid. It's the same thing as flow. It, mm. it, 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 it's, it's, it's that... It's that search for something that not only can define you, but you could actively point to the next day and say, I did that. Yeah. No, no one can take that away from you. No one can take away that you accomplished something that day. And I think sometimes what I've turned to is stoicism. Stoicism oh, has helped me compartmentalize the things I do into things that I appreciate. So as I as I've gotten back on the horse and I've I've been I'm down 60 pounds, I'm yep. back to being an athlete, uh, and I'm being pushed in the gym because I have a, a coach. Um, you know, it's it's that it's that it's that it's that feeling that I am able to only do what I appreciate, but I the fact that I'm doing what I appreciate is really building that fire again because it's really yeah. about proving it to myself, not anybody else. When I'm hitting the bag and my uh, trainer or my um, my uh, teacher says, you're not going hard enough or come on, more chi, more energy. And I go, you know what, let's ratchet this up. And it ratchets up. And then I have a rest period. I'm like, wow, I did not think I could do that. And maybe yeah. that's the key too, is that like you're not surprising yourself anymore. I'm sure for you when, I you, love on the, that. when you were on the football team, right? And you're a running back, or yeah. if you're a safety and you come down the box and you level somebody. Mm -hmm. Or if you're a running back and you actually juke somebody and you're not known to be a juker, you're known as a power runner. Yeah. That surprise, like that brings you to life. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think that's a big piece of it too. And so to, to bring it back to your question, it's like, hey, for people um, who maybe don't have something right now and that, you know, like how, how do you help them find it? Right. I think one of the things that I love about just sport uh, and f I, I love to work out. Like I, I'm also lucky in that, like I genuinely enjoy that, mm -hmm. um, you know, so like I, I kind of get to gravitate towards something that like, you know, most people are like, oh, that's the thing I got to do. Like I'm, I'm lucky yeah. in that I just enjoy it. Sure. Um, so do you think you're wired that way or? So the more I kind of learn about myself and just how the body works, yes. Like I think physiologically, um, you know, it's probably genetic in that, like I respond really well to like strength-based training as an sure. example, right? Sure. Like powerlifting. Sure. Like I'm probably more on the spectrum of like fast twitch. Okay. Um, you know, so like, because of that, I think when I go to do things like sprinting or strength training, I get really good results. Okay. Because that, that, you know, that does fit individually, like where my strengths lie. Mm -hmm. Um, and so because of that, like I get good results, I enjoy it. It feels good. Like it's a very easy, like, you yeah, know, you get reward. Yeah. It's a very easy, like cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas some people like physiologically, they're slow twitch they mm -hmm. would be much better suited for like long endurance type events, right? Sure. Something yeah. that I do not enjoy at all. Right. Right. Um, and so if that was what was like in vogue, I'd be one of those people sitting on the sideline being like, oh, I just, I don't like it. I don't want to do it, but everyone's doing it. Right. Um, you know, I would relate to how a lot of people feel about like going to the gym. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I think because of that, you know, I, I just kind of, it's easy to throw myself into that. But what you said what's so fun about it is like there you don't have to be playing for a team to like push your boundaries right or like find out what your new ceiling is or like discover new things about yourself right um and i think if you know that's what keeps me continuing to work out like there's no shortage of reasons people who have a career families what have you you know uh there's no shortage of reasons why you should miss the gym like you're busy everyone's busy right, right. Um, but a big reason I continue to go is like, oh, let me see if I can improve this or like, yeah. let me see if I'm even still capable of doing what I could do five, 10, 15 years ago. Right. And so it's that, that has now kind of become like a point of intrigue for me. Like, let me see what I can get out of myself. Mm -hmm. And you know, like a lot of people, um, I work out of my house. 
you know, I'm fortunate that I'm out in the country and I've, I've been able to build like a good setup. Awesome. Yeah. But you know, it's like, I'm down there by myself. Like there's mm-hmm. not even the motivation of like trying to like impress other people at the gym with how much weight I can lift. It's right. just, it's just me just down right. there it, right. early. It used to be early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like, you know, one, can you lean into something you're interested in? We talked about that a little bit, but two, like, can you find something that you're excited about? Like, can you find something that you're excited to track or push yourself or that's going to like get you inspired to take action? Um, you know, so, so part of the thing that you said is like, Hey, amateur sports exist. They're so much fun. Yeah. Beer league softball. Yeah. Pick up basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the last few years pre pandemic was throwing myself into like, um, like this decathlon event. Okay. Which was like a really like intense form of competition, amateur mm-hmm. by all mm-hmm. means, but like a bunch of like big heavy hitters would come out. Yeah. And so that inspired me. Um, because it was like, Ooh, how good can I get at all these different events? And I also mm-hmm. want to place really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like when that was taken away, I also needed like a new motivating factor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pandemic came to Cathlon's not happening anymore. What are you gonna do now? So I was like, well, you know, what else can I find that's interesting? And I found this like pull up world record. Yeah. Uh, I and I was that. like, man, I think I was like, I don't know that that doesn't seem that crazy. Like I bet if I tried. Right. I could do it. And I'm not telling everyone like, hey, pick a world record and like that needs to be like the bar. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I think there's things that you can find that you might get excited about um, that would make getting yourself into something a little easier. And then you would probably find, sorry, I'm really going on a roll here. I don't mean to. No, keep rolling. Um, what I think is the most important thing of all this is, yes, being active having some sort of out, out, outlet like this is important because it helps keep you in shape. It's good for your physical well-being. Mm-hmm. It is so critical for the other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Like what you do there bleeds over into like how you show up to work. Yes. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for what you were saying earlier about like that challenge. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's something in our DNA where we are not meant to be complacent. Right. You know, like, I think like there's a resilience factor that we have to maintain. Right. Or not to like, yeah, yeah, not to like, yeah, exactly. Not to like get through life. Like you could get through life, never go to the gym once and live right. and die. And like, you'd probably be fine. Maybe. Right. Um, but I think like for a lot of people, at least like to feel like some sort of fulfillment, it's right. like kind of need You need like to be pushing yourself a little bit mm-hmm. and pushing yourself in one Avenue mm-hmm. that resilience carries over. It makes you more resilient at work. It makes you more resilient at hard times in your personal life. So that's another big reason I still torture myself with some of these workouts that I do is because I'm like, man, that stuff, that stuff matters. Yeah. And I'm sure as a father, I mean, that's what you realize. I'm not a father myself, but I've mentored and taught people. And Mm. you realize that the reason why you get into sports is the values you learn and the the behaviorisms you pick up that are ingrained in you that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, if I hire somebody who's an athlete, they're not only going to be a jock, but they're going to be like this rageaholic bro. And it's like, you know, that's, that's maybe like maybe 1% out of, out of the population. You know, most, most athletic activities are actually really calming. There's this, you can feel your breath. And I think, you know, for anybody who wants to either find that old spark, there's two ways I think you could do it. Maybe you could value check these. It's either you could do it by yourself. Hmm. If, if, if you find that you're like a person who really loves their own company, you like looking in the mirror and challenging yourself and then just being done, hmm. right? Having your home gym is great yep. because that's it's just you, no distractions. A lot of guys are great and grind like that. The Rock. The Rock is one of those examples. He always posts. He's always he hates working out with other people. Like oh just yeah, will not yeah. do it right. Yeah. But then there's also those CrossFitter kind of people where they found like a very hardcore, tight knit community where they're yep. all doing the same thing and sharing ideas and meals and things like that. So, do you think it's that binary though? Do you think there's other things in between? Do you think there's more expansion than that? Yeah, that's a great question. So, 
you know, I, I've been very fortunate. And when, when, I, when you were going to start this podcast, so I was so excited for you to do it because um, like I'm sure you found, I know you've had some tremendous guests on and had some really cool conversations. It's like, you know how you like to operate mm-hmm. and you kind of assume that's normal. Um, right. But when you get exposed to experts in different fields or people with different experiences, uh, you know, you start to realize like, man, like everything is really individualized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, that could almost be the central theme for every conversation I have across like sport, mental performance, fitness, uh, sleep, like it's all so individualized. So yeah. I would say, um, you know, binary, probably not mm-hmm. a spectrum. Yes. Um, you know, like there's people who were great golfers, um, you know, and that's like a classic, like very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, anyways, solitary sport, I guess. Uh, but then also, you know, they, they did great within a team environment. There's other people who are like, Oh no, I just, I just want to golf and I want no part of being on the basketball right. team, you right. know? Right. Um, and so I think it's really about as you kind of, I think as you get older, you just start to become more comfortable and you start to more familiar with like, where do I kind of fit? What do, mm-hmm. what, what gives me energy is probably another good thing to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like when I go to the gym and I'm around other people, even if I don't know him, like, do I just feel more energized? Right. Like you probably feed off being in a community, right. Right. you know? Um, if you're someone who goes to the gym and, you know, you're like, oh, I got to share the weights with this guy and this person's mm-hmm. watching. I can't do like, you might be fine working out on your own. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just about like trying to be, trying to assess like, what do you respond well to? And at this point in your life, like if you're not training, you know, uh, to be an outfielder for the Mets, right? like lean into shit you like doing mm-hmm. and pay attention to what you like doing. Like soul cycle might be expensive, but if that's what you love and that is not only like getting you a great workout, but it's giving you energy that carries you through the next two days and your mood's better. Like, man, that's probably an investment in your time and money that's worth it. Um, you know, but maybe for some people to pick up basketball, like you just think I think it it sucks because there's no clear cut answers, right? That's the hard part. It's like really incumbent upon the individual to try and pay attention, uh, to what's the best fit for them. But I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I know, like you said, your, your audience is, um, kind of aware of your recent weight loss journey. Like, I feel like I've been watching you get into like a couple different like modes of fitness. Um, like, did you yeah. always box like, or is that something no. new? Yeah. So the boxing I do is Muay Thai. Uh, mm. it involves kicks, knees, bo- uh, punches, elbows, uh, some grappling too. And that was just something where I, uh, I'd seen on the movie. Uh, and this guy, this guy, this guy, this um, guy, who's in the movie, uh, he's just ripped beyond That's belief, ripped but he's so functional when you see yeah. him fight in these movies. You know, it's not all choreographed. He's really anticipating and able to pull off things really quickly and really powerfully. And as someone who's – I've taken martial arts my whole life. I've been doing martial arts since I was about four or five years old. My yeah. first teacher was my dad and then I went to different styles. I, I was ordained in a Buddhist temple when I was 13. Oh, Sha- I did Shaolin with the Wu-Tang, all that stuff. And what, <laughs> I, what I was looking for was something that could be very practical. I had done martial arts that were more – aesthetically based karate kung fu they look pretty they're great yeah you could probably if you're really really skilled at it you could probably win a fight you know if you're taking the original stuff from from uh china or japan you know okinawa but you know in the american sense really you know a lot of the kicks are not practical it's not really going to do anything in the situation Mm, but muay thai it's all about practical strikes in and out power but also like fight intelligence. Um, mm. Anthony Garcia, who is at Garcia um, uh, Muay Thai in Glen Cove. That's I've had him on the podcast too. Yeah, I saw that. Shout out to him. Yeah, he 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 really teaches like fight intelligence. So I, you know, we we do knife work too, and I I, I stayed with that because it's so kinetically challenging for mm. my body type. You know, I I have a weird athletic history. I did cross country when I was really skinny in high school. But when I did some genetic some genetic testing, I'm actually more of like a explosion based athlete. Oh, okay. Uh, so I can put on a lot of muscle, a lot of power. 
right. and, and do that. But I also have a very good VO2. Rowing was a great fit too. I yeah, bet. yeah, because I have a good VO2 max yeah. and I have a lot of power. So rowing was fantastic for me. But uh, I, I picked this because I knew once I started doing a couple and like like you said to the audience, try something. After about two sessions, I knew this thing is going to push me to some places where as I get older, I'm not going to lose some of the main parts of my body that I really am afraid of losing. Mm. You know, like you know, tightness in the hamstrings. People don't realize tightness in the hamstrings leads to the IT belt, leads to your back. We sit all day. You know, oh, I really yeah. needed something where I could I could challenge my, my myself to do what I'm weakest at. And maybe that's a key too for some people that don't just go with your strength, right? Go with something that is a weakness, but in something that you like to do. So yeah, pick a weakness that like you that. have. Maybe maybe you want to get stronger or maybe you want to get more flexible. That was a big thing for me, getting more flexible. Okay. Yeah. So find something that, that fits that, you know? I love that. Um, and I think the other thing too is, you know, look, and, and we're we're both talking about this from the perspective of people who are like very curious, like very love, very much love to like learn more. And there's probably right. people too who are like, hey, look, I just need to like unplug. Like right. all this intense stuff you're talking about, mm. like that's not me right. either. Right. You know, like uh, I would love a 30 minute jog. I would love to just get outside and get away from my desk and like lean into that too. Um, but yeah, it's like the other thing is you need to, you know, you, you kind of need to be patient with yourself. Like I can't mm. tell you how many folks um, are well intentioned, well motivated, and they're like, hey, I really, I really want to commit to this this time. I'm really going to do it. And they go in and they do one of two things. Like they either blow it out of the water because they're so motivated when they start mm -hmm. that then they're sore, they're exhausted. And like, oh, that next trip to the gym, it's like, oh, let me wait till like I'm not so sore. Man, this is really hard. And right. uh, I'll start next week. Right. It's like ease into this. Like mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about, you know, unless you have a very specific goal, like you're talking about a lifetime here that you're really training for. Right. Um, so it's like, be patient with yourself on that journey. And if you're going to pick up something awesome, like Muay Thai, like I imagine you got to be pretty patient with yourself because that's a yeah. serious learning curve. Right? So, yeah. Especially if you're, if you're, if you're overweight. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's funny. It's like, you both want to push yourself yet have reasonable expectations. Like I always kind of feel like, and I'm not a personal trainer, um, so people who are might be listening to this and they'd be like, I do not agree with what Ken's saying. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, just don't burn yourself out. The most important thing is getting back in the next time, yeah. whatever that is. If it's on the treadmill, if it's in the weight room. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just like my, my kind of mantra is just like consistency over time. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something that has been very at the forefront of my mind is like longevity, health span. Um, you know, I always encounter people who are like, oh, well, hey, yeah, you're you're in great shape now, but just wait till you hit 35. Yeah. Oh, 35. Yeah, I felt pretty. Wait till, <laughs> man, wait till you hit 40. Right. Well, right. wait. And I'm like, you know what? I just don't buy that anymore. Right. I've seen enough people do it. Mm -hmm. real world examples of people who've kept a very high level for a very long time mm -hmm. that my mind is now going to like, Hey, how do I kind of maintain this the next 30 years? Right. How do I perform at the same level, you know, over the majority of the rest of my life? And I think right. it's, it's just like, got to kind of be reasonable with yourself. Right. Uh, but you just have to be consistent. Like, right. And, and you're get way more likely to be consistent if you're doing something that you're enjoying. Yes. Um, so that, you know, that, that I think like where I'm at in my life now is kind of like the advice that I would give for those who wanted it. That's awesome. And, you know, speaking of your advice, I, I want to definitely get to this. Yeah. Um, your podcast. Yeah. Give my audience a little taste of, you know, what it's about, how you started, what got you into it and then yeah. uh, what's coming up on it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Boy, so, you know, the what was the year? The year was probably uh, like 2000, 2015. Mm -hmm. um, we just had our daughter. Uh, I just got married. I, I just got into sales at a startup. I was working, you know, living and working in New York City. Big things. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know about big things, but I was like, all right, life is here. Yeah. No longer about me. Like right. I now have a wife I need to think about and I have a child I need to provide for. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like time to like 
put the pedal to the metal. And I, I fell in that kind of trap of like, well, I'm just going to burn the candle at both ends. Like, I'm going to be that guy who wakes up early. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to be the first guy at the office. I'm going to stay later. Um, and then I'm going to entertain clients and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to be a great dad. I'm going to do all this, you know, do the whole thing. Right. Um, and what I found for the first time in my life was like, I was getting like really burnt out and I was having all these weird kind of side effects. Like I was moody. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. I was irritable. Right. And I'm just like, man, like what is going on here? Like I'm doing all the things that are supposed to be the right thing. Something's not working. And, you know, over the course of that, like first year or two, like I kind of stopped working out the same way, um, you know, that I used to in college, mm-hmm. I was maybe jogging on the treadmill cause it was the thing I was supposed to do. And I just kind of had this epiphany. I was like, you know what? Like, even though I'm no longer, uh, an athlete by trade, mm-hmm. it's like, why am I not preparing for my life? the same way I did when I was a collegiate athlete. Right. Like arguably, um, you know, my role as a father and a husband and just a general person society is way more important than my role as a college football player. Why am I now thinking it's okay to like not sleep the right way, not eat the right, right. way, like right. stay out drinking late all the time, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of had this epiphany. It was like, man, like I need to prepare for my life the same way I would prepare if I was in the NFL. Cause if I was right. in the NFL, my sleep would be on point. My nutrition would be on point. Mm-hmm. You know, what makes the things I'm doing in my day-to-day life any different? So mm-hmm. I kind of, that kind of started this like path of discovery where I was like, what's going on in like sports science? Like, what are these guys doing to sleep better? How are these guys eating to kind of optimize their nutrition? Right, right. And it was purely just from like wanting to get back on the right track. Mm -hmm. And immediately I started to see some positive results, right? Which was great. And Mm -hmm. I was excited about it. And so I was talking to friends, you know, over dinner and I'd be like, man, yeah. And I just read this incredible thing, like over here at the University of Minnesota, they now train in this new way and they get X better results in half the time. And right. I just found that like I was excited about these conversations and it became really clear and and people were excited about it too. They're like, whoa, really? Like, I didn't know that. I wish I knew that in college or whatever. And it just became clear like there was a knowledge gap that existed Mm -hmm. between what, you know, I'll call a high performer. It could be a professional athlete. It could be a high, you know, an artist, whatever. Um, there was some gap between like the things they were doing and what just the, the average person was just generally aware of. Right. Um, and I felt like that was a big problem. And so what I wanted to do, and this is the kind of the impetus for the show is let me go out and talk to coaches, researchers, athletes, experts, understand kind of like, Hey, what are today's top performers doing to perform at the highest level? Mm-hmm. And kind of how can we like bring that back in a way that helps just like the average person like myself show up as the best like partner, parent, and person. Um, you know, so because of that, uh, it's it's been a really cool kind of ride. Like, I mean, you know, you started a podcast. It's like a weird thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, is anyone going to listen? Like, right. uh, is anyone going to want to come on the show? Like, right. it's a big kind of leap of faith. Um, and it's this weird in between of like entertainment. It's, it's just kind of a strange thing, but it's also a lot of fun. And so I've been really fortunate in that, you know, like you mentioned Jason Klee, but like, I've gotten to talk to like multiple CrossFit games champions. I've got to talk to like a world series champion. I've gotten to talk to the mental performance coach of the U S women's national team. Um, I was just talking to this guy. I have his book right here. I was just interviewing him. I don't know if you guys do you do YouTube. I don't yet, but one day I will. But tell me about the book, yeah. Well, no, and it's it's fascinating. So he's like uh, a renowned sleep expert. He's a neurologist. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the book I love, it's called The Nocturnal Brain, Nightmares, Neuroscience, Neuroscience, and the Secret World of Sleep. Okay. You know, and I got to have a conversation with him for like an hour and a half about just like, my God, what's going on in the world of neuroscience, sleep disorders, like the nervous system. Yeah. Um, And this is someone who is on the forefront of that field. Mm -hmm. You talk about cutting edge technology, cutting edge treatment. I mean, you know, he's, he's at the forefront of that. Um, And so what I think is so cool is that there's so many people doing that type of work who are equally as excited 
to share that information. And they're, they're desperately trying to get that information out. Like that's why they're writing books. Right. You know, like it's not an easy thing to write a book and I don't think it's no. especially profitable for probably like 95% of them. Right. But like, they also, they're like, I just have all this information. Like I would love to get it out because I know it can help people. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I think that's, what's been like the most exciting thing about right. doing the podcast, you know, and also like, like I'm going to feel this way when we hang up. Um, when you have a great conversation, you walk away and you're just like, man, like that was really awesome. It's a, it's uplifting. Yeah. It's uplifting. Yeah, it Again, awesome, yeah. gives you energy and like, yeah. it's great, man. So no, I, I love it. So, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, interview based podcast. Um, right now it's reflecting a lot of like the things I'm interested in. So like sleep, longevity, mm, sure. um, are kind of some common themes, but, uh, yeah, I mean this this whole concept of like human optimization, it's a weird wild world. So like there's no shortage of interesting people to talk to. So I'm having a lot of fun doing it. That's awesome. I mean, I, I think uh, you know, when I when I saw that you started your podcast, you had excellent excellent just uh Photoshop skills. So I, when I would notice this, I was like, yeah, let me check this out and then I was when I was going through episodes and listening to them, I really felt the power of information hmm. really change my mindset in a way where I felt better than my old self than when I was an athlete in college. I think when I was an athlete in college and high school, I, I most of my advice came from magazines, yeah. uh, came from my, my dad would know some tidbits, my coaches. But, you know, that's like a, a locus of control where you know your coach sometimes he may tell you things because he's so nervous to to break that that flow yeah. he may hold back a little bit and your parents they also may have their own different agendas and hopes with with you and what you're trying to do it's really great to find a podcast where you can find expertise and things that people don't think a lot about I mean people don't yeah. think a lot about sleep optimization people mm. say oh I'll get four hours I'll get six hours but yeah. is it restful sleep right and then People don't think about recovery. You know, we see all these guys on Instagram who are like, yeah, I'm in the gym every day and every second and I don't need that. Yeah, take yeah. names and, uh, you know, I'm a badass and all this stuff. And, yeah. you know, everybody's trying to be Dave Goggins and not everybody can be Dave Goggins. And you know, I love David Goggins. So yeah, yes, right, right. You're, you're absolutely right. You need this, there's, there's, this, 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 it's like um, as a religion major, I studied the New Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus talks about the Gnostics, right? He talks about the higher level of knowledge. He mm. says things like, "This what I'm saying now is mostly for people who kind of don't understand things, but there's another level. If you can get to that level, that boss mode where King Kong is, you know, then that's when you're really flowing." Yeah. And and it's it's similar in sports and in life too, you know, in podcasting too. It's like, am I just going to have a podcast where I just sit here stiffly and ask you questions? Or am I going to take this to the next level and really like get that get that different meditation going on? You know, no, I I completely agree. Well, and you know, so th this is actually a good callback to something I said earlier at the episode. Like, uh, yes, I, I there's probably a number of people who knew me in high school and in college and were like meathead, yeah. right, right. you know, like I'm actually shocked he can string together <laughs> this many sentences uh, for this long. But for me, another thing in my life that I had kind of pushed to the wayside was like, I actually really, uh, you know, I, I love like the creative element. Um, mm. You know, like I used to, I love drawing, I love painting. Um, and so I think for me, like in addition to this desire to like, hey, I still want to like perform at a high level physically, for me, it was like, I need like a creative outlet. Mm. Um, you know, and so like, again, you know, starting a podcast, like I, yeah, I was, I did everything like, for probably the first year and a half, anything that you saw in relation to my podcast, I did. Now, it doesn't mean it looked good. I'm right. not claiming that, but I right. was like, ugh, got to figure out Photoshop because right. <laughs> I need to do episode art. Right. Uh, let's see. You know, but it was fun. Like, it wasn't about like, am I the best at this? It was like allowing my brain to like take some time each day to like tap into that again. And it was, mm -hmm. it was a really healthy thing and a fun thing. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like whether it's fitness, whether it's something creative, it's like you need to recognize like what it is that makes you tick 
And kind of, are you building in space throughout your day and your life to like make time for that? Um, you know, cause if you're not, if there's something you really love and you're just not doing it, you know, you're, you're probably leaving something on the table just in yeah. terms of your overall happiness. Right. Well, we'll leave it at that with those wise words. I gotta, Ken, I gotta thank you so much for coming on, man. It's, it's, it's a real blessing. It's a real honor. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Love to and do I want to, I want to say it definitely, definitely. I mean, there's so much we can go over. So to my audience, what I want to say is remember to share, like, and subscribe. We're found anywhere a podcast are found. That's Spotify, Google, that's Apple, Apple number. And also to our fans in the Netherlands, I got an email the other day saying we are ranked in the Netherlands. So that's a big honor for me. I mean, hey, that's, there that's, we go. Hey, I love the Netherlands. I've been to Amsterdam, obvious reasons. And uh, now I'm not, I'm not Dutch, but uh, okay. I am so Danish. Denmark, that's close. So maybe we can, yeah, maybe yeah. we can bump the needle there. <laughs> yeah. But I want to thank Denmark. you guys. And, and remember, suggest guests if you'd like, subscribe, like, share, comment, email me. And remember, we're better when we trend together. But I want to thank everybody for this week. And remember, we post the last two weeks of every month. But next month, we'll be doing a special three-episode month. Probably carry that into June, too. All right, Trenders, thank you so much.